0: The drink is called the Hadley. It is, after all, Mileti, sniff and cross bum. Tell your favorite bartender, put it on the chalkboard uh, and, and make my day. appreciate it. All
1: right, guys, everyone out there listening, watching, you heard it's called the Hadley. For freshly brewed discussion on automotive sales and marketing, this is Coffee with Jason. The Coffee with Jason podcast is sponsored by Closers Coffee. For that full-bodied, rich, sweet flavor with a bright acidity. Drink Closers Coffee, stay caffeinated, and keep on closing. Find out more at closerscoffee.ca. Hey, what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here with Digital Dealership Solutions, episode of Coffee with Jason. Today, I have my guest, Ben. Hey, Ben, uh, for everybody out there who doesn't know who you are and how you got started in this industry, if you can give us that two-minute origin story that is Ben, that'd be a great place for us to start.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. So uh, really appreciate you having me. I um, have been arguably associated with auto my whole life. The
1: nice. family
0: has six dealerships. Um, but it really wasn't until after college where it was a requirement to graduate that I get an internship. And I got one with a company called dealer.com here in Burlington, Vermont.
1: I think I've heard of that small Uh, company before. Yeah, a little little baby company. Yeah, I think I've heard of them.
0: You might have heard of them. (laughs) Uh, And I built my career there seven years uh, through all the mergers, all the acquisitions, um, and then found myself doing multi-touch attribution models with a company uh, called Clairvoy. Mm -hmm. And basically creepily watching all the things consumers do uh, and click on before they buy a car. Uh, And then that led me to uh, Prodigy Digital Retailing uh, about seven months ago. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's been a really crazy journey, but every single kind of step along the way has been almost interlocked in in some sort of way. Like the data that I was seeing at Clairvoy was really showing kind of the discrepancy that uh, most digital retailing products were just kind of failing. Mm-hmm. Um, even though there was a high amount of, of consumers trying it. They'd be go, oh, I like this idea, but then they'd bail out. Um, and Prodigy, I think, uh, came up with a, an interesting solution to fix it.
1: No, and then, you know what? There's been so much buzz around digital retailing, and it, unfortunately, it's it actually been turned into a buzzword now, right? Yeah. And I don't think we do a good enough job of explaining um, the operations and technology portion. We seem to really focus on the technology portion, how fancy and cool and you know uh, streamlined it is, but we don't necessarily talk about the operations portion of it, which you must have decent holiday... Roundtable conversations with family. I mean, the fact that you're on the tech side and your family's in the operations business side. I mean, do you guys just like? I can't imagine what like Thanksgiving dinner is going to be like for you guys.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so there is an interesting um, market in Burlington uh, in terms of you know it's rural, but then it's got this crazy density of automotive. Uh, educated digital marketers now.
1: Yeah. Well, so, cool.
0: yeah. So, you know, you, what was this, you know, you're like a regular Subaru dealer or something. And, you know, for years you operated in a very specific way. And then dealer.com becomes the highest employer in your state. And all of a sudden everybody knows <laughs> what hold back is, knows what, you know, what a good deal and knows how to negotiate. And so the, the market here has been really funky in terms of responding to this new consumer. Uh, so in a lot of ways, I think we're a lot more progressive by nature uh, because we're dealing with a, a high amount of people that are in our industry.
1: Yeah, it's got to be cool just to be kind of at the, the center point of all automotive technology in that area. Yeah, imagine for the consumer it would be very interesting because uh, there's probably a lot of things that are being beta tested. There's probably a lot of adoption of technology early on than other parts of the country. So, yeah, and then I imagine in your own family, just you know, and their dealerships and stuff like that, that that's got to be... It's going to be a pretty hot topic for you guys.
0: Yeah. I I remember showing my uncle uh, the multi-touch attribution modeling I was doing. (laughs) And he was just
1: like, don't care. (laughs) Okay. So that's what I was wondering, right? So, okay. Yeah, absolutely. The old school, the typical old school automotive guy. Yeah, that doesn't sell cars. Yeah, Um...
0: The sniff test on almost anything I've ever done has been going to him. What do you think? It was actually funny. So, when I got that internship I was like Uncle Bill I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be in automotive software and <laughs> he goes okay uh, and he pulled me and this is like 2009 and he pulls me over to his service department and he shows me his like UCS power systems DMS it's got like an F1 F2 screen on it and I'm like <laughs> Looks like MS-DOS to me.
1: It was. <laughs>
0: right? And I go, wait, this is automotive technology? Like, this is the software that's powering automotive? And I'm like, how much did you spend on this? And I won't quote it because it's insane.
1: It's ridiculous. I know.
0: It's crazy. And Still meanwhile, is. meanwhile the, the guy he has me paired up with is a service director who's been there probably like, I don't know, 25 years service directors F1 F2 ing that screen like, like rain man faster <laughs> than the screen can keep up. And then meanwhile, he's asking me questions on how to use his iPhone. And I'm like, this is all sorts of backwards. Like nothing, of backwards. Yeah, yeah. nothing here is making any sense. <laughs> Luckily. So I, that was like, I'm scared now. I'm entering into auto. I get a dealer.com. I learned, you know, Hey, we're on the digital, like the real tech side of things. And, yep. um, and and luckily that was the case because i'd always wanted to kind of work at a startup always wanted to be in tech from when i was very very young uh and so I, you know i never had a heart attack when i was like are we traveling back to 1988 here this is crazy uh and that you know we still were time traveling i mean yeah yeah we we're still going back but we we're just going back seven years instead of you know, going back a
1: couple, a couple of decades. But I'm so glad you brought that up because I think a lot of people, you know, that uh, haven't been in the industry long enough or just beginning into the industry, is that we had this like huge light speed fundamental shift, where you know uh, dealer operations was head of technology. The technology was way behind the actual operations, and then there came a point where just this big monster shift changing. Technology yeah. just went way, way farther than the, than our dealer operations. And now it's kind of like reversed. Now instead of the technology trying to catch up to the operations. Now the operations trying to catch up to the technology. And that's where I kind of see how digital retailing ultimately kind of comes into play.
0: I love it. So I was just talking about this at a conference and you know, you look at 1995 to 1998, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. Edmonds comes online, uh, Kelly Blue Book, Auto Trader, all these third parties go, I don't know, I, I think the consumer might want to want to use this thing called the internet to, to maybe shop around. Uh, and I just asked casually, hey, any dealers in the room beat those guys to having a website? Of course, no hands go up, right? <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, um, then DealerTrack buys credit online in like 2000-ish. And I go, you know, anybody by chance do a finance app online before Dealer track sees this opportunity. Consumer wants to do something online. Mm-hmm. Nope. And then I think it was True Car Car Gurus was around 2006. This idea of price transparency. Consumer really wants it. Anybody? Nope. And then 2012, Dealer track releases the first kind of iteration of, of digital retail. Carvana uh, comes to yep. the market. Any dealers thinking about digital retailing back in 2012? Nothing. Um, so it's almost like this weird piece where we we tend to wait until our hand is forced yeah. to really even adopt the technology in the first place. Uh, but then there, if you look at those kind of 24 years from 1995 to today, I really am starting to deem that era as the era of kind of shopping optimization where mm-hmm. we spend a lot of time helping the consumer um, from a resource, resource standpoint, from helping with, with research, um, model comparison, all that kind yep. of stuff. I think you're nailing it in terms of digital retail is the gateway to buying optimization, right? Where it's not so much about uh, paralyzing the consumer with way too much analysis. It's like, how can I facilitate sales uh, faster? And that is 100% operations and logistics.
1: It, and it is, and, the, and that's what I really, really want to drive home, guys. That this is not a technology play. This is an operations play. Okay, that's what it is. Yep. Um, or at least for me, that's how I view it. Um, I, maybe other people are going to disagree with me, but that's that's how that's how I see it. You know, um, we're, we've done a good job, to your point, for the last twenty-some odd years of giving consumers a a research and a shopping experience. Well, I I say shopping experience. There are still a handful of dealerships out there that, that didn't get the memo from 98 about that. They're still, they're still trying to figure that crap out, which blows my mind. It's 2019. I was at a conference and somebody was still talking about inventory merchandising. I was like, Holy. (laughs) Um, But, um, but no, but this, this digital retailing is, is it's the involvement it's, the evolution of what the consumer wants, right? They're, yeah. they're able to do their research online. They're able to do their shopping online. You know, it's like, why can't they do or at least start the buying process online? But it, to your point, it has to do more with an operations play than just another piece of technology. So let's let's go straight into it. Let's, let's talk about the operations play portion of it. Sure. You sent me this awesome document, I think kind of laid out how you guys kind of look at it from an operations perspective. So uh, we'll, we'll start there.
0: Yeah, I I mean, um, the best digital retail companies we see, from a multi-touch attribution model standpoint, touch about 10% of sales. Mm -hmm. Prodigy is touching 83%. How did we do it? Well, we all said, let's build products where the consumer is. And we thought the consumer is online and they are shopping online. But they are still thousands of
1: unique visitors every single month. Yep, there's tons of them there.
0: Yep, they're still predominantly buying in store. Yes. So it, the thought occurred to us. We we're like, okay, there's a bunch of pitches happening where they where the the beginning of the digital retailing pitch is something like, look at Amazon. And you're like,
1: okay. I hate when that happens, to be I, dude, with you. I really I hate fucking you. hate that. Okay. It it's like kills a, me. What is the average transaction of an Amazon purchase is like uh, around or under a hundred bucks. Yeah. You know, it's like mm, we're talking about a 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, thousand dollar car. Okay. Not anyways, I digress. i I'll, nope. I'll, I'll calm down.
0: Here, here's well, here's what's crazy. Ahead. I I am sick and tired of it for an entirely <laughs> different reason. People are like, oh my gosh, the Amazon experience. I don't even think the Amazon website's that great looking. I've been to more dealership websites where I'm like, this is, this like sexy wise is way better.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but have you ever really like paid attention to like after you click that Amazon button what is happening? Right? Nobody thinks about this, but there's a guy in a warehouse in some place that has an iPad in front of him. It lights up and it says, Hey, you need to go to carousel 12, grab these items off of it, use these specific boxes to box it. Then you got to run over to this place, drop it off. And meanwhile, like the FedEx or UPS guy is going to pull out like an iPhone, he's going to scan it, and his job is outlined too. He goes, Oh, step one for me is take mm-hmm. this box over to that truck. Step two is this box over that truck. So like it's literally the operations and logistics of Amazon were built way before the button was built, but we're doing the exact, exact opposite industry. We throw yes. buttons on, I call it VDP vomit where we're just like,
1: yeah, that's um, actually a good one. VDP, VDP vomit.
0: Yeah. Let's just, uh, you know what? One button worked, Maybe two will work. Maybe three. Screw it. You know, like let said
1: fourteen. Let's put twelve, and you know yeah. what? Let's change them all to different colors and shit. While we're at it, we'll make a few of them flash. Yeah. Yes. I, I was at a, I was I went to a dealership's website. It was I can't remember what dealership it was, but I literally yeah. got to PDP, and there was a button. There were buttons doing this. Oh. just just I'm like I'm gonna like get a fucking stroke. Do you just remember when, through, shopping through their inventory?
0: Do you remember when the lady used to walk out on the website and oh say my like? Gosh welcome to the dealership like
1: yes what what are we doing here no idea but Um, hey it was it was cool i mean that's a problem but those are perfect examples of like us leaning towards technology because it was cool and shiny yeah and didn't necessarily have a deep-rooted operational goal objective yes
0: absolutely so in that logic we're looking at it and saying okay we built some really cool things for the website Um, why aren't they performing like we thought they would? And we realized we fell into the same exact trap. We built a really cool button. We (laughs) built no process behind it. And we decided to change it. So we said, all right, let's for the next couple years, just focus on in-store process. And this is a couple years ago, Mm -hmm. uh, where the team basically went out and said, let's actually make APIs directly with the CRM. Let's make APIs directly with a finance companies. Let's make let's, APIs. Let's make the
1: operation portion of this easier and more connected. I like that. Yeah, cool.
0: so what, cause we, the, the stat today is that the average car sales three and a half hours. The other more alarming piece is that the salesperson will leave the customer 11 times during that sale.
1: Yes, it drove me absolutely nuts.
0: Which is, like... it's not, it, like how many times can you say, do you want some water or can I get you another Coke or some chips? Like before it just becomes obnoxious, right? Like,
1: you're you're well, that's what is going on here. My, my, the one I really hated um, is the payment presentation portion. God, I mean, look, I'm not a stickler, I'm pretty easygoing on a lot of things, but when I hear that term used inside of a dealership, I literally just want to slap someone upside the back of the head. Like, you're seriously going to make it work for someone to buy this car like come on let's let's watch what we're saying here right you know okay so i fill out the word sheet then we right. disappear into that black abyss that is the sales manager's office okay yeah I'm the wizard of oz there. curtain yeah the wizard of oz let me get behind the curtain right i'll be right. back in there for five to seven minutes you'll have no idea what the hell i'm actually saying i'm probably talking about you all yeah. right and then they come back with some handwritten, in some cases, depending on the sales manager, barely legible actual handwriting, yeah. right? And with little to no explanation of how the f- I actually achieved that number, <laughs> and and I'm supposed to convince the customer that this is a great freaking deal. Yeah, it's asinine. This I is know. crazy that we're doing it this way. Anyways, I'll jump off my soapbox. I'll let you go back to it. But no, yes, no, no, uh, no. I, was- I love
0: it because I was out, so. Just quick story. I was in um. Ontario, California, <laughs> and uh, I was, you know, working with the dealer, and um, he was. He was like, I love this. I love what you guys are doing. Great. He goes. You know, I got to hire some more salespeople though. We're short. I go. Okay, that's fine. And so I pull. I'm like, can we pull? Like, who do you have? Who did you recently hire that's doing really well? We pull this kid, um, Merrick, in. Merrick comes in. He's like 27, 26, something like that. And um, he sees the iPad app, and he just looks at me and goes, "Oh yeah, we had that at LensCrafters."
1: <laughs> first of I all, I like Merrick. I'm yeah, gonna go along Ma- with Merrick. I, I love
0: Merrick. First I think Me and Merrick
1: are gonna go to some hipster coffee shop and yeah. share, <laughs> no, share a you coffee. Him. You, you know, him. I know. Yeah, he's got like
0: <laughs> he's just like that guy. And so I'm like, wait a second. First off, if you worked at a Lens crafters before you came to Auto, that's interesting. Second, yeah. uh, explain. And he goes, "Yeah, no, no, no. Um, at Lens crafters, you know, you'd like walk into the customer, you check them into Lens crafters, You know, the whole uh, step process is just mapped out yep. on the iPad." And I'm thinking, like, huh, you're right. That's weird. I'd never really noticed it, but it's like the consumer expectation. Like, go to a McDonald's, right? You have the line, you have the kiosk. Go to uh, Uno's, you can order from a server, you can order directly on an iPad right at the booth. Like, this is just become...
1: McDonald's. I can go to McDonald's, and literally, there's the kiosk right there.
0: Totally. Like, Verizon Wireless, uh, uh, Sprint, whoever, they don't do, I guess, Bell for you guys, they don't do like meet and greets, they do check ins. Yes. Right? But it's the same exact thing. So, I'll, often I think of us as a disruptive product um, but the more I kind of see it propagate in other places I'm just like this is just progression this isn't even disruption. I know I,
1: I agree with you I don't think I, I know I'm I, I'm being a stickler for words but I agree, I agree with you too right it's like we're not disrupting something this is actually just evolution this is yeah you know, I, it's funny that you say lens crackers because I recently bought myself a new set of glasses and that's exactly what I did I sit, the, I sit with them at their product station I didn't have to go yeah no I didn't have to go to a counter at all actually completed the entire transaction there they had all did all my measurements and put it into the iPad did the whole thing right there
0: yep yep and they probably left you 11 times you know were like hey hold on a second let me go get the sales manager bring yes. him into the deal oh you know what are you you're a little above your payment already I get that but I'm going to introduce you to this other guy in F and I that you've never met before like you probably had this whole, right? This is similar. No? Yeah. No? No. yeah
1: okay. no, didn't have No. Right. <laughs> so it was, it was just, it was a clean process. Right. And the cool thing too, is like, I've, I've, you know, I've had classes for a long time. So I've had to buy glasses for a long time. And I actually remember coming out of that and going, well, that was faster than I thought it was going to take. Yeah. You know, like I, cause I just assumed I was going to be there. In fact, actually, I remember telling my wife, I said, I'm going to, I got to go get these new glasses. It's probably going to take me a couple hours. You know, I'll, I'll call you when I'm done. I, I was out, I think in 35 minutes.
0: Yeah, that's, see, that's the great news is that because we've done such a miserable job in terms of like speed and efficiency, guess what? The benchmark is actually really easy to beat now. Like, <laughs> right, it's, it's three and a half hours. So like getting them to two is the win, right? Like if we get them to a 45 minutes in and out, that would be astronomical. Um, and that's what we're finding uh, at Prodigy. On average, we're shaving off 90 minutes of sale. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we've gotten to the two. We're trying to figure out ways how can we get that even further, um, uh, reduce it even even more.
1: Now I'm curious because I was just thinking about this. Um, uh, what is the stat right now of how many people that are starting the process online? I mean, for you guys. I mean I know it varies, but
0: so um, interestingly enough for us, uh, you could you, because we have that 83 percent metric where we touch 83 percent of sales. Yep. You almost are better just saying what's the stat for everybody, because really all we're doing is not touching fleet. So for consumers, you know, I would say um, it's got to be a hundred percent. Even if it, yeah. even if someone said no, it's not a hundred percent. I would say that's nonsense. I mean, every single person starts online in some shape or form, which kind of begs the question: why we even have internet departments? like a good point it's this weird thing I almost think we should flip it and have like traditional departments like the guy that still has the newspaper and the like circled vehicle like he he deserves the special experience but for the rest that's of true. us like <laughs> let's just assume that you were online and not make it like this designated category like oh this this is a very special guy he's used this thing called the internet <laughs> like no it's, it's everyone you know
1: that's actually a really good point yeah it's,
0: it's kind of time to give that up I think um and at least also not make the same mistake today that we did with internet i I hear Mm -hmm. a lot of people suggest um with digital retail you make a champion totally agree i think what Mm -hmm. we have a tendency to do is say um you know like in 95 it would have been what do we do with the auto buy tell fax? let's get it give it to jeff because jeff just doesn't know what he's doing so we'll you know we'll kick him a deal um, and then Jeff became internet manager. You know, like Jeff started taking. Oh, yeah, off. the
1: progression of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that.
0: I think um, you fast forward to today. What we don't want to do is say, let's create one single person that can handle digital retail. To do it right, you wrap everybody around that process. It's not like you go to Lenscrafters and there's one guy.
1: And to do that, though, you you, you have to embrace the operations portion of it, right? Like, we yes. got to stop taking a look at it being that technology play, but it's an operations play. And when operations play, everybody gets involved, okay? If, if, we're, if we're going to, let's say, remap our test drive process, okay? Let's just say we're, that's where yeah. we're do, right? Well, one guy doesn't get the training on how to do that you know totally. every everybody gets involved everybody gets trained to saying okay here's how we're going to remap this test drive you know this is where we get, we want you guys to go actually we're going to offer a couple of different options couple different routes okay um you know we want you guys to take this process before the car goes out you know whatever it is right everyone gets involved when it's yeah. operation.
0: i so in that particular one um Something I've been obsessing over is, is this concept that I call anti-fragile uh, operations. The easiest uh, way to think of it is the opposite of fragile. The hard part is in the English language, there is no opposite of fragile. People will toss out like resilient, yeah. people will toss out strong. Um, what we're looking for is actually something that gets really strong the more chaos and uncertainty is thrown at it versus mm-hmm. something that is just strong. So I wanna increase strength, I wanna increase my brand based on chaos. And primest example I can give you, if we actually step out of auto for a second, I was at a um, restaurant in Chicago and uh, a prospect, now client, was like, we're gonna go get steak. (laughs) And if if you're me, you're traveling a lot, you're eating a lot of steak already, So I was kind of like, I don't really want to eat steak, but you know, it's him. He's like, we're getting steak. Okay, fine, we'll go get steak. So we have this reservation, 9 p.m. This place called Maple and Ash in Chicago. And
1: oh, I've been there. Oh, that's a good place. Get ready. So yeah. you'll
0: know exactly what I'm talking
1: about. I know. Yeah, I've been there. That's a that's 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 a very nice place. Yeah.
0: So we go upstairs. It's got that nightclub-y kind of dim lit, yep. hip music going on, and we sit down at our table. And, uh, and I'm like, ah, this place isn't so bad. I open up the menu, and there's a line item, and it says, "I don't give up."
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm
0: like, wow, this restaurant yeah. gets me. Like, this is awesome. This, this restaurant it.
1: gets me. Yes, yeah. yeah.
0: yes. Awesome. So, I immediately got to inquire about it. Excuse me, miss, what's this line <laughs> item? And she goes, "Oh, um, that's essentially a 13 something course meal." But the chef is going to do all non on the menu items. He's just going to kind of invent on the fly. Yep. If you like it, give me a thumbs up. If you don't, he'll adjust. <laughs> and I'm thinking in my head, that look, like I have been working from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m., I've been thinking all day. And they just presented me with the easy button.
1: An easy button, yep.
0: Right? Like I'm the chaos, I'm the uncertainty. They don't know when a customer is going to come in that, you know, wants this but they know that it's going to make that customer's night right when they can they can just say all right i can turn it off and just leave this to the pros and it could have like literally this story could have ended there it didn't
1: <laughs> did um, you do I, it did you do the big one i didn't of I course didn't do we it. Oh, did, you did it? It. okay yeah all we right, did cool. of course we did it um
0: <laughs> so then uh, about like two minutes later, I go, uh, "Hey, could I get?" Um, and I've been trying to get a drink named after me for years. Okay.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah. It's called the Hadley.
1: Yeah, that's, and it, okay. Is that is that one of your goals and objectives? You just want it's okay. a goal
0: and objective for my life. Yeah. You know, like Steve Jobs <laughs> said, "Hey, I want to make a dent on the universe." And you know, he makes the iPhone.
1: Set the bar a little lower. You want a cocktail I, named after? Yeah, me. my All legacy right. is
0: going to be a cocktail named after. <laughs> So it's called the Hadley. It's a, a apérol, Smith Cross, um, and Cross, and Moletti. Okay, equal parts.
1: I don't think I've ever had maletti What is that exactly?
0: It's also like a digestive Amaro, like in okay. That family. Okay,
1: okay, okay.
0: And so they have all the ingredients, and they like bring one right out, and you know, two three minutes later, it's gone. <laughs> so I'm like, at weaving waving kind of my like empty glass. And another server um, walking by, never talked to her in my life, comes over to me, and goes, How can I help you? And I go, Oh, um, you know, could I get another? And she goes, Oh, Maple and Ash, old
1: fashioned. <laughs>
0: and I'm like, And I'm about to correct her. And she goes, Oh, sorry, no, that's the Hadley.
1: <laughs> no, come on.
0: That's <laughs> yours. I'm like, Wait, pardon me, how, miss, this is crazy. How do you know what my drink is? I was thinking in my head and I got my hopes up. Like, did I, did it happen? Is it a thing? I've been going to the Chicago market a lot. And uh, (laughs) and she, she's like, oh no, no, no. So as soon as you told your server, your preference, the server went and told every single server in your section, your preference, then went to the bar, told both bartenders your preference. So you could literally go to anybody. (laughs) Anybody.
1: And they'll get you that.
0: And you could say, I'd like a Hadley, and they'd know exactly what you're talking about.
1: Right? That's an experience.
0: That was an experience not only that I talk about constantly and tell every family. The steak was okay. You know what I mean? It was good.
1: Yep. yep.
0: Could you go to a Gibson's or Ruth Chris or whatever and get it? Sure. Yep. But the service and the experience and the acknowledgement was so much better than any other place I'd go that it was an immediate win. And then I parallel that with the auto. Yes. You get to a website. You have 12 buttons that want your first name, last name, email address. Then you get to a meet and greet at a dealership. What's the first? Hey, what's your first name? What's your last name? Then you go to a salesperson. Let me introduce you. What's your first thing? What's your last thing? Then you go to a sales manager because you have a TO process. What's your first thing? What's your last thing? Then you go to an F and I guy. You don't know me? First name? Last it's like the exact it's the most fragile process,
1: right? It's it's a fragile, I uh, use with fragile. I say broken, but yeah, I mean yes. it's it's definitely what it is. It's it it does not yield uh in creating an experience. And it, it also doesn't necessarily bring a lot of value. See the other thing I, I think that was key with what you your uh, story was there is that there was value in the experience to your point hmm. that it was a good steak, you know, yeah. to your point, you could get that same steak at other locations. And, you know, there, there were a few things that were, that were good, but I mean, we're not talking like it, it, the story doesn't have to be about the product. The product is kind of the same wherever we go. It doesn't have to be about the price. The price is going to be pretty much the same, pretty much wherever we go. Right. But the story for you and there is the experience. Yes. It's intent to want to serve someone so much so that the operations was developed around that perspective. Absolutely. Like, how can, how can I better like? You could obviously see what their brand was about. Their brand was a, a brand about you as an individual. So so like, how can we make someone feel special? How can yes. we how can we show them the intent to want to serve them and their needs? All right. They they took that, owned that. All right. That was their why. Right. Then they gave their how a direction. Yes. So it's like, how do we handle our, our bar staff? How do we handle our, our, our servers? How do we, you know, all that now is being directed and defined by their why. Yes. Of Love creating it. that of creating that unique individual style experience. Totally. Yeah, it's, it it's, it's, we, we don't do that. We, we all know what we do. We all know how we do it. But we don't ever seem to take any freaking time whatsoever and define why we do it the way we actually do it and then develop that out so that we can give our operations or how more direction.
0: Yeah. I think of, um, so I, back to, uh, kind of the test drive world, right? Mm-hmm. I think of, you know, how do we determine kind of what the Hadley is without overtly asking for it? Right. So <laughs> yeah. one example I gave uh, a couple weeks ago is actually, a larger notion of there is this thing I think of as digital body language right
1: mm, yeah so that's, if I, that's good
0: if I had a customer that submitted a trade-in app uh, take digital retailing out of this for a second, like just a regular trade-in app and they wrote in 18,000 miles and they own owed 17,000 on it right mm-hmm. so we have a three-year-old car 18,000 miles on it uh, and they owe 17,000 And then I have another consumer, three-year-old car, they put in that they have 52,347 miles and that they owe $13,342, right? Which one do we know inherently is lower funnel?
1: Oh, yeah. It's it's obvious, right? The one that knows the exact numbers for sure. The
0: person that walked down to their garage, turned on the car for a second, wrote on a piece of paper, right, 52,347, right? And then you know, called their bank, what do I, oh, 13,442, great, got it, I will go back to my desktop and type those in. That person is way lower funnel, right? The other person's probably research, Eh, I don't know, got to be 18,000, I think I owe about 17. Something like that. Now, here's here's where I think we need to get. That's like, everybody should be baseline there. The next level to me is how do we change our test drive experience for each of those consumers? Mm Mm-hmm. So on one end, you had 18,000 miles. On the other, you had 52,347, whatever. Okay, to me, one is giving me a signal that on a three-year-old car, you drove 6,000 miles a year on average. So um, you're probably more like me in terms of you drive your rental car more often than you drive this car, right? Yep. So you're using this for errands, quick, short trips. Okay, good to know. On the other person, 52,347, you're driving an abnormal amount of miles per year on that three-year-old car, right? Now, all of a sudden, lane-keeping assist becomes really important on your 40-minute commute from your job thats you know to work, to, to home, et cetera, back and forth. Um, you're probably experiencing a bunch of traffic on that 40-minute commute. So are we like connecting your favorite podcast to the audio system? Are we doing Apple Carplay? Are we showing Android Auto? <clears throat> How many phone calls are you making on that 40 minute commute there in? Back? Well, you're probably calling your best friend, your spouse or whatever. Let's do that while we're driving, right? That there's two different hypotheses there. And sometimes you're gonna be the server that walks up and says, "Oh, that's the maple and Ash old fashion, right? Yeah, Or you ring a bell and go, "Oh wait, actually." You know what you bought the car at fifty thousand miles and you put two on it i'm just completely wrong but sometimes you are going to come off like a psychic mm-hmm. and you're going to sound very much like someone that's been in this industry that's done this a few times before that is waiting just to give you an expedient process right it's more of a already get it versus i need to get it like understand it like you don't I don't need to ask you questions to derive to the conclusion? I've already understood you. I think that amount of empathy, uh, an amount of uh, assumption but uh, confirmation it's, it's goes empathy, really but it's, far.
1: It's also a commitment to your craft. Right? Yes, the data is there. What you do with the data is completely up to you. All right, there are dealerships from an operation perspective that do absolutely fucking nothing with their data. Nothing. Totally, like, yes. the information is there. They don't do anything with it. Right. Yep. And then there are other dealerships, and then there are even some individuals within dealerships that do embrace that, look at that, and own that data. You yeah, know, look, I, look. I had a similar experience recently where I bought a, a new car. I couldn't believe it, but when the guy came out to present me some payments, he presented me a lease. I was like, are you can kidding me? Dude, I'm trading in a car that's 2017, and I have over 170,000 kilometers on it. Like, why in the world would you take the time to calculate out a lease? Mm. <laughs> I mean, I drive. Okay, so yeah, let's just, put that in a mile. poor, put, poor assumption. I mean, let's put that in the miles. I drive about four to 5,000 miles a month. Thank okay? You. Um, you know, like, so it, it's like, are you kidding me? Like, right. I'm literally gonna tap out on what this mileage allocation is in within the first five months of ownership. Like yeah. you know, but again, the data is there. They they clearly they knew it, but they just again
0: blatant ignoring,
1: right? You no, know, blatantly ignoring it, or I, I don't know if it's necessarily ignoring it because I didn't want to blame the salesperson for it. It was a total lack of training and operational understanding that was built and developed around the actual data. So no, yeah. no one had trained. On this activity, no one had trained on what you had just talked about, where it was saying, you know, take a look at these key indicators, and yeah. you know, and, and craft something that's unique to them as an individual.
0: When you have that, have you ever called the one eight hundred number? Sure. You need some. You need some <laughs> help, right? Yeah. Spend a half hour explaining the problem, and they go, oh, wrong department. Oh, I know. And then they pop you over to the other person, and there's sometimes this miracle. <laughs> where as they brought you over to the other person, they informed them of the preference and all of the information before, you know what I mean? They like caught yeah, them up. I've to had speed. that happen
1: a few times. Yeah.
0: That's the best. Right. But 99% of the time you go to the other department and they're like, who is this? Let What's me just going restart.
1: On? Yeah. You're trying to like, okay, let me figure out how can I give this 30 minute story and yeah. re- redo it in two and a half minutes. Okay. Yes. Let me tell you, promise. Yeah.
0: And you just get more and more frustrated. It's like, How can you not hear? And so that is the problem right now is digital retail online sets up this expectation, right? You put on, I have an express process or I have an express buying or express lane or fast, whatever. And then you walk into the store and you're like, whoa, (laughs) things just slowed down quite a bit. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I thought my keys would just be waiting for me and we'd be going on the test drive already. Nope. Like the guy I set an appointment with Joe apparently is on lunch, so now I'm working with Steve. I don't even know who Steve. Is, right? It's like yep. a crazy difference. And um, so if we can solve that problem, which is what we're trying to do, uh, then I think all of the other things fall in place, right? Agreed. Yeah, for sure. You nail that, then it's like, who cares what color the button is? What you know, like, what do you say if it's a fast or slow? It doesn't matter. Like, all of the other things line up, right? Well,
1: to do that, to make that fundamental shift for a lot of dealerships right now is that they have to change their mindset about what their website actually is, okay? Sure. You, you have to understand, they still assume and look at their website as being a lead-generating tool. So, it, it's, not, it's not a an operations tool, all right? It's not an experience-generating tool. It is literally designed to just capture someone's first name, last name, and phone number and email right. address. Right. Yeah. So that, that, that's a huge mind shift to say that, you know, they're looking the website as a tool and we're talking about the website just being an extension of their operations.
0: Absolutely. It's funny because being in website at the first portion of my career is feeling very similar to being digital retailing today.
1: so funny. I said someone, I said almost the exact same thing to someone the other day. Yeah. I was like, I'm like, I was telling someone, I'm like, look, cause I've been in business a long time. And I was like, I remember sitting down with a dealership and them telling me that they're not going to get a website because their customers don't go on the internet. And I'm just like, I'm like, I wish I almost had a recording of that so I could yeah. play that today because yeah. it would just get an obscene amount of laps.
0: <laughs> we, we used to do this, uh, you know, you do like sales training uh, at dealer.com. And this is like 2009 and we would videotape each other and you'd have to ask these questions. And I kid you not, this is 2009, iPhone is already out. This would be the objection we'd sometimes prepare for because we were getting it so much, which is um, I don't want a website. I want a web page. If they want to see the inventory, they can just come in the store
1: <laughs>
0: right and that actual yep. objection was used pretty uh, pretty frequently because then a few years later when we were like hey you should put more pictures online more pictures they can just use the evox images pictures if they want pictures of the actual inventory they can just come in store
1: right it just kept pushing kept pushing yeah. yep
0: and then but actually the price transparency argument hey we should like like think about price transparency they want the price listen <laughs> they got to yeah. come in the store you know and so actually i think you know from an operation standpoint one of the divergent paths we took was like we forgot that the internet i think at one point we probably felt like look we have the water um mm-hmm. you know in at least north america owning a car is almost a necessity for a lot of us to get to and from work it represents freedom it represents independence um So like I have the water, if you're thirsty, come in the store. And I think then the internet comes along and says, wow, there's a lot of water out there. Anybody has the water. Where do you want the water? Who's got the better water? Um, And so then service and and operations then obviously kind of ebb and flow, but we're coming back. It's almost like it's coming back in vogue to really Mm -hmm. focus on that.
1: I, I, what it is, I mean, you got to think at some point in time, right, if we wanted information, we had to physically walk or take a drive down to a library to get information. Totally. Uh, and, you know, it, it's the consumers change. Um, but as businesses, as in our industry, we're still treating like libraries where we're acting like libraries. You know, it's like we, we, we're holding on to the information. For some reason, someone has, she has to come and take an action to, to get the information, which is just is not true at all, right? No. That's not how the consumer wants to be treated. It's just, but, but I feel like as an, an industry, especially from working on the agency side, is that we kind of did this to ourselves, right? The fact that we were pitching websites from a very early point as being a lead generating tool, Right, that it just generated more opportunities for you to sell cars. That's what kind of screwed us over. The fact that we did not come out out of the gate and say this is not a lead generating tool, this is an operations tool. Right. right? For some reason, it's never we've never made transition for a lot of dealerships. Now, digital retailing, I think, is doing a better job. Digital retailing is now kind of showing that hey, look, your website is not necessarily just a a tool to generate leads. All right, but is now an actual part of operations and. The cool thing is, we talked about experience before, right? We know consumer—that's what they want. They want an experience, right? Now that same online experience I get can be the same in dealership experience that I get. There's not this, there's, yeah. there's not, you know, this this digital dealership, this physical dealership, and them being separated from each other. It's like no, this is just, you know, it. it you know, it's funny me, The physical dealership should be the extension of my digital one, but in fact, we've always kind of reversed it. We said our physical one. All right. Here's a dig- a slightly digital version of that, but it actually has to be the other direction. But that's where I think digital retailing is coming in and changing that for a lot of people. Yeah, like,
0: like you. I mean, if you you took it so literally, but you said like, I mean, let's think about that. How many dealerships, like, just on paper, are not as modern as the website? Like, the website generally is like the best foot forward right now. Yep. It is like, wow, this thing is a tech marvel. Holy yeah. crap. And then you actually have product, right, where I think the stat that I read was on average, not even an EV, on average, a car has 150 computers in it now. Which is yeah. just crazy. Yep. Um yet we're like whipping out like, you know, we're whipping out the green, the green Sharpie.
1: And a four square.
0: And the foursquare, and going. <laughs> I know you're about to drive this car that can almost practically drive itself, but let's get pen and paper involved. You know, you're like, Wait a yeah. second. "What? This yeah. is so so foreign um, and contradictory." And then you know, it's back to the UCS power system. It's back to like the F1, and F2 screens that really were largely ignored over the last 24 years, right? In terms of progress, mm-hmm. and. So we focused a lot of those efforts. No wonder our websites and our is our best set, our best foot forward that's where we've been focusing for the last 20 years right and like but then you go on the in-store and you look at CRMs that are like you know whatever 2019 <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> CRMs but they look like they're like you know 1999 still yep um, it's kind of crazy.
1: And let's talk about what a CRM is, because I, I, I get into this argument a lot, right? Yeah. Is that our, our usage of a CRM is not even appropriate in the first place, right? No. I mean, you guys have the very, very core initial concept of building this technology so that we could actually manage a relationship. Yep. Relationship. It's in the freaking word, guys, yep. of what this damn system is called. But we are so transactional these days that we, we seem to forget that this product was actually designed to assist us in maintaining a relationship.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the M doesn't stand, for you know, but yeah, sorry. I didn't go off on a tangent, but you're nailing it. I love it. Like, uh, to me, there's, there's a couple different funky things going on in that world. It's, it's partly because there was so much, um, uh, so much volume and in in a quick adaption of it that you know call it 2006 to 2012 We had a bunch of new crm companies they're all redesigning
1: it's like a lot going on there when those CRM companies came out See, again we as ourselves we screwed ourselves on this okay so a lot of when, when those new crm companies were coming out it was all about crm automation remember that right yes right it's like yeah. oh, no 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 D- you don't even have to do the management portion anymore. All right? I got a 180 day life cycle, all right? That will ensure that we contact the customer 57 times over a 9 month period, all yes. right? So so no. you don't even have to do the work. Yeah. And th- and then we got into this place where it's like, "Oh man, I don't even have to maintain or manage my relationship. I got yeah. some stupid system that will do that." And, you know, for a little while, it worked because we were, as, as, as consumers, we were get, just getting used to... Uh, it's new. Yeah. It was right. Totally. Now, I don't know of a customer out there that can't <laughs> smell an autoresponder. I mean, it's pretty freaking obvious now. It's like, oh, yeah, thanks. You actually took the time to... No, you actually know you did. No, totally. no that's totally computer generated, right? Yeah,
0: there's... So, there's um. So that's that's why I
1: see digital retailing that's coming in, right? See, now we're able to, now we're getting back to that relationship. We're able to create a relationship. And let's talk about relationship, how we create a relationship. Open communication. At least that's what my therapist keeps telling me. (laughs) Right? For me me to continue to maintain relationships, you know, within my business and at home, it has all and and everything to do about communication. Yes. And transparency of communication. Yep. information, right? Like, I mean, what's what's the fastest way to screw a relationship up, right? Withhold information. Totally. You withhold information that's just like. Or
0: you say misinformation.
1: Right? Or misinformation. That's 100% right, right? Yep. So digital retailing can come in and do that. It actually is bringing the relationship back into customer relationship.
0: Yeah, there is. Um, trying to figure out if I want to go there. And I will. Yeah. Let's so do it.
1: let's do so, it. So,
0: uh, you know how important people are still to sales? You like, you want to like yeah. an absolute, like easy proof. test? Well, I,
1: I, I want to hear your, your thoughts on this. Okay.
0: Go to getprodigy.com okay. or any other, go to any other digital retail website. Right. In some dealers, uh, you know, have fun do this exact experiment go on the website and look for their buy it now button okay okay it won't exist nope we are like going to market saying hey yeah everybody's gonna just click this button and buy the car right don't no operations needed (laughs) and then you go to our own websites right and you're like, wait a second, why aren't you eating your own dog food? I don't, I can't just buy your product on your own website. Like,
1: oh, I see that the digital retailers are saying this. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's what I'm saying. Okay, exactly, okay, yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah, so yeah. like me, my company, go to getprodigy.com. What you will not find is a button that says, yeah, buy Prodigy right here. Click it, right? <laughs> Give me your Visa, MasterCard, American Express, whatever you want to do. We're done, yeah. right? What's probably going to happen at my company or any other company if, or CRM, whatever, anything in this business, is you're probably going to contact someone. They're probably going to set up a phone call. Then they're probably either going to do a webinar or an in-person meeting, right? Keyword person. And two people are going to collectively get together to see if a relationship and a sale make sense. Exactly. Holy crap. Right?
1: What a novel idea.
0: Go figure. (laughs) Right? So, you know, I I just think it's it's comical um, that we hadn't I mean, and, you know, we are guilty of it too. We thought, hey, button on the website, it'll work. Oh, didn't work. So we learned the hard way. But now that we've understood it, um, you know, there is a lot of of value uh, from getting that customer in the door, using the system to essentially teach them a new way to buy from you. Yep. So that in seven years or whenever, when they come back and market. I think that's when we see people actually take buying a car online super serious where it starts becoming more the norm because you're sitting a consumer down and when you're selling, you're really training them to buy, right? So if your system is like, as such, like, hey, this is what it takes to buy a car. Let me teach you that really quick. You're going to do it side by side with me. I'm guessing in seven years, they'll remember and they'll see a similar thing on the website and they'll go, oh, yeah, maybe I can do this on my own, right? but until we start teaching that new lesson like you said right to your point 7 years ago 8 years ago the last thing we did to that consumer when the last time they were in market was call them 17 times till their ears bled
1: treat them like a transaction at, yeah, right
0: exactly yep now we're like wait why aren't they giving us a social security number <laughs> on their on the finance app well we taught them not to give an email address because we know what happens that we taught them not to give us the phone number we know what happens then <laughs> so now we're like yeah no but give us a social it'll be fine like of course we shot ourselves in the foot today right now that yeah. totally makes sense
1: well because we've also been programmed that way so like i'll give you for example the way i buy cars right sure. um i put way too many mileage on my car so i'm I just buy them. Right. There's just, that's the only way I can ever do it. I can't lease them. I can't, I can't do it. I just have to physically buy them. So I buy a new car about every year and a half. Um, That's not normal for most people, but you know, that's between 18 months to 24 months. Right. But I've created a relationship with the, with the person, you know, and I call them and I'm like, like, Hey Jay, what's going on? Like it's getting close to that time. Okay, cool what are you thinking you want to do this time? I'm like, yeah, you know what? I like this one, but I'm thinking that maybe I'll go a little bigger. I you know. This was a little smaller than, you know, he was like, all right, man, I'll get you something, yep. you know? And then literally it's just because, because that relationship has been developed, it didn't happen the first time It didn't happen like that the first time, right? The first time we had to create the relationship, he had to define kind of what this, what this process was going to look like. all right. But now we're at the fourth or fifth transaction I've done with them. You know, and it will just be okay. No, you know, what, I got one for you. You're really gonna like this one. You like the last one, all right? I got, I got this one. I'm just gonna go in and pick it up. You know, I'll drive it again. Yeah. I'll right, I'll drive it again for another 18 to 24 months, and then just do it all over again. But there had to be, to your point, it you know, had to be a defined process and defined relationship created before I was able to ever get to that place with, you know, with the person that sells me my cars.
0: Yes. Um, I'm going to steal this from Darren Haged, who's a good buddy of mine. Over, uh, he's a chief revenue officer at, uh, at Dealer Inspire. Um, he said, "This look, dealers, we want the easiest trick for getting digital retailing operations down. This is it." And he was speaking specifically to the GMs. So he goes, um, "Raise your hand in the G- if you're a GM in this room and you've already gotten five family or friends or friends of friends calling uh, people calling you, right?" Mm-hmm saying hey you know i'm interested i'm thinking can i get whatever right now raise your hands and everybody's hands go up, right? now raise your hands if um what you told that person is oh my store is so good you just show up and you talk to anybody no hands go up right <laughs> because this is the thing right what you probably told them is come directly to me when they got there you were thinking in your head well I give them to Bob. Bob's just gonna talk them, talk their ear off for two hours, right? Mm-hmm. I'll give them, I'll give them to Jay, right? Jay is really quick and efficient. And I'm gonna go over to Jay and that person with a look, you know, I'm making X amount of money. This is the deal. I'm gonna give you this for the trade, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. So you're already doing this with friends and family on referrals, right? You're already doing it. So it's essentially taking some of that same exact logic. Yes, we need to do a better job of creating that friend family relationship, right? With everybody. There's, there's tons of legwork there, but the thought process and the the sales motion, it's already occurring. It's just occurring for some very select people.
1: Yep. As I say, it's already happening to your point. It's already happening. Right. And you know, that's why I also, I know I get caught up on words and stuff like that, but it's like the whole concept of digital retailing, all right, is we're saying that there is somebody that's specific to digital. And we kind of talked about this earlier. There is no such thing as a digital client, okay? Yeah. They're just they're just customers. That's all they are. They're just clients. That's it, right? You right. know. So it's like it should almost just be like uh, customer retailing, you know, because that's that's what they expect from a retail experience now. It's like you're not, we're not trying to isolate some Individual or unique group of people that do business with us. These are just people, you know. We're not, you know, we're not saying. Oh, and I always hate when everyone says, "Oh, those internet customers." You serious, man? It's 2019, okay? How the hell do you think they found Siri? Just went off on me because, okay, no, I'm done, Siri. Okay, shut up. All right, there we go.
0: Yeah, I can't say the the G word because I have those. It goes off everywhere in this house. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but it, it still blows my mind that we're just you know but like I said I think right now it's going to have to take a fundamental mind shift. We're just going to have to stop looking at it or have to start looking at it differently, right? This is, yep. more of it. this is this is this is customer retailing, right? This is this is operations, not, you know, not technology. It's it's not it's, it's not this separate entity, this separate shiny thing. You yes. know, it is just good old-fashioned operations.
0: Yeah, people are getting fooled by that digital word into thinking it's marketing
1: right oh yeah yeah, yeah. well you know what I, I for me being the marketing person i like the message yeah you know um but it, but yeah it's not it's not
0: it provides marketing yes right if you nail the operations then yes, you that's... can advertise and say easy transparent fast whatever yeah like that provides a message but the tool itself you know we associate digital and we go digital advertising you know whatever and I think we've we've said, oh, digital retail. And it's like, no, it's an operations product disguised as marketing, right? Like
1: an it's, operations right? product.
0: Pause. And so actually, you know, interesting. So you have, um, I sent you over the sales deck. I wonder yep. if we could uh, just put it on the website or something. And, you know, like, hey, look, anybody that wants to look at this playbook,
1: Yeah. go well, for I- it absolutely make sure that, uh, within the, um, comments of the, of this podcast that we put a link in there. Nice. So we kind of attach back and I definitely, you know, what's funny is I, I know we're getting close to our time. Um, yeah. but, uh, and I think we only scratched the surface. I know. I, so, I know. You know, I, I feel there's a part two and maybe even a part three coming on this, but you know, um, I, I think you know, we've covered a lot. I think we've given dealerships a lot to chew on. I mean, I think what we've asked so far at this point in time is that, you know, you know if you're thinking of digital retailing, you need to understand that it is a operations play and that it is going to, a, a fundamental mind shift in how you're going to uh, uh, retail the customer, or, you know? So uh, in, any, um, any final thoughts you have on this, Ben?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, to everybody out there. The drink is called the Hadley. It is Aperol. <laughs> Mileti, Smith & Cross Rum. Tell your favorite bartender, put it on the chalkboard, uh, and, and make my day. Appreciate it.
1: All right, guys, everyone out there listening, watching, you heard. It's called the Hadley. Go out right now, order one from your local bartender. No, uh, hey, Ben, thank you so much for taking the time to jam with me today. This was so much fun.
0: Absolutely, Jason. Thank you, man.
1: Hey, for everybody out there that's listening or watching, what is, and I'd love to connect with you and learn more about what you guys are doing, what is the best way to do so? Uh,
0: check out the website, www.getprodigy.com. Uh, also, always free to shoot me an email. It is ben at getprodigy.com.
1: Awesome. Hey, thanks again, Ben. This was so much fun. You have yourself a wonderful day.
0: Thank you. You too, man. We covered a bunch of great topics today. What stood out most to you? Be sure to let us know in the comment section below. And don't forget to like the post and share it to keep the conversation going. You can follow Jason on all social media platforms by following Strategy with Jason. You can find him pretty well everywhere you can share content. I hope we were able to get you thinking. And until the next time, have a great day.